We're happy to make podcasts available for selected ed webinars for your listening pleasure. If you'd like to receive a CE certificate, you must watch the video recording. Recordings and quizzes can be found in the EdWebinar archives. Please visit home.edweb.net slash podcasts for more information. Well, hello and good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever you are joining us from today. We're so happy to have you with us uh, on our discussion today on this Ed Leader panel on succeeding with digital equity, COSIN's 2023 award-winning district's leadership strategies. I'm Ann McMullen, and it is my honor to serve as the moderator of this conversation today. I serve as the COSIN project director for the COSIN AASA Empowered Superintendent Initiative. And this uh, Ed Leader panel series that we do, we do together uh, in partnership with EdWeb, COSIN, and AASA. And thanks to ClassLink, it has been sponsored now for five years, and we are just thrilled to have all of you join us today. I want to thank very much our sponsor, ClassLink, who I mentioned earlier has been sponsoring this uh, Ed Leader panel series webinars for over for five years now. And uh, we're going to share some more information about ClassLink as we begin to wrap up. But if you are not familiar with ClassLink, just very quickly want to tell you it is now in its 25th year of supporting educators. That's a remarkable statement right there. Having over 18 million users in 2,400 plus school systems, including four statewide deployments, 6,000 single sign-ons, and uh, many, many, many vendor integrations, as you see on the screen. So you'll learn more later from our colleague, Jerry Kimball at ClassLink, but I thank ClassLink sincerely for their continued support. This program is put together uh, as a partnership between COSIN and AASA, the School Superintendents Association. The Empowered Superintendents Initiative, of which I have the honor of serving as the project director, was created to support superintendents and district administrators in technology initiatives, but looking at it through the lens, not so much of IT and technology, but looking at it through the lens of superintendent leadership. And with that, we provide a number of different resources for superintendents and school leaders. One is the Empowered Superintendent Toolkit. And as you can see, it provides you with an executive summary where they look at the skill areas, the tools and action steps at a glance. And then there are two modules that you can participate in. One is looking at the five imperatives for technology leadership. What are things that you need to know in order to lead? And four specific action steps for strengthening your technology leadership team. That is available for free for download at cozen.org slash superintendents. And a lot of our superintendents and school leaders have reported back that they find that tool very, very useful for them and for their team. We also provide a number of self-assessments, a superintendent self-assessment, a CTO self-assessment, and a district leadership team self-assessment so that uh, you can analyze where you are and where you might need to be in any of those different arenas. So we encourage you to take a look at those. And the data from that is yours. We don't do anything with that data. We also have some tools on financing technology innovation strategies and tools, looking at total cost of ownership and also looking at the value of investment. 
And probably our most popular resource is our critical focus areas, our issues one pagers. And the newest one you see highlighted in purple there is on artificial intelligence and generative AI, how to empower a deeper conversation around those topics. And you see the other topics listed there as well. The one that relates specifically to what we're talking about today would be the one on closing the homework gap. But all of these one-pagers are meant to be informative for superintendents, district leaders, teachers, looking at a technology topic, but looking at it in non-techie talk. So if a superintendent needs a quick resource on cybersecurity, they can click on that, get the PDF, and they will have language that makes sense for people who don't live in the IT spectrum all, every day in and out. So we encourage you to take a look at those as well. And then, of course, we have our Empowered Superintendent Ed Leader panel series, which is what we are doing today. And we are going to jump into that in just a moment. So let's go there right now. Talking about our Community Leadership Award for Digital Equity. This award is presented at the COSEN Conference and was presented back in March to Corpus Christi ISD. And so that is why they are with us today. Uh, and on the picture, you see Diane Dorsch on the right side, and on the left side uh, is Michael Flood, who is with Kajit, who sponsors this award program for COSIN, and Keith Kruger, the COSIN CEO in the gray suit there on the left, and then members of the Corpus Christi ISD team as they were there receiving the award, and you're about to meet some of them now, so I am happy to have you meet them and meet our guest speakers today. Dr. Roland Hernandez is the superintendent of Corpus Christi ISD. And Dr. Hernandez, I'd appreciate it if you would just share very briefly your professional bio with our participants today. Yes, thank you, Anne. And, and thank you to everyone joining us today, especially to our panel and our team members here in CCISD. We are honored and thankful for this recognition on the COSIN Award. Uh, it certainly is well-deserved by our staff. They do such a great job. Uh, but I have been fortunate to be now with Corpus Christi ISD for 14 years, the last nine years as superintendent and before that the chief administrative officer. I've had a chance to move around a couple of districts across the state, as well as spending some time at our Texas Education Agency, uh, working in some accountability divisions, uh, as well as uh, overseeing NAEP. So um, I've been in education now 30 years. Uh, I love what I do. And if I could do it all over again, I would. So thanks for having me. You know, that's a great statement, Dr. Hernandez, that you could do it again and follow that same path. That, that says a lot. So thank you. And thank you for your leadership. Marilyn, please introduce yourself to the group and give them your professional bio. Hi, I'm Marilyn Doty, Director of Technology Support Services. And I'm a proud product of the Corpus Christi Independent School District. Wow. I've been part of this um, evolution of the technology services department for over 30 years. So from the beginning to where we are now, which is an amazing difference in uh, what we've grown and learned around. Um, it's, I've worked with uh, many dedicated and brilliant people around. Um, it's been an amazing journey with this team. And over the last five years, I've been the director and um, we've established formal technology standards initiated the one-to-one -one program, and we continue to maintain and expand the foundational network infrastructure needed to support all of that. Thank you, Marilyn. Appreciate you being here. Thanks very much. Carrie, if you would please introduce yourself and, and give us your brief professional bio. Yes, of course. Um, I am also a product of CCISD. 
Um, I graduated from Carroll High School, and I also uh, taught in CCISD as a teacher, as well as was the very first science coach in our district, and then was lucky enough to be able to be a part of instructional technology as a coordinator and now director of an amazing team of people. And I, too, have seen uh, since Dr. Hernandez's leadership, the ability for our district to evolve and do so many innovative and wonderful things. And it's just really cool to see the journey and see our district thrive. I also have two kiddos. I have a, a son that has just finished his first year of college. He made it through the first year, folks. Uh, and then I also have a little one that is in middle school. So I get to see, um, not only do I help support our district, but I get to see uh, son's eyes as well. So that's really cool yeah. too. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. And I love that you both are products of Corpus Christi ISD. That's that's amazing. And my colleague and friend, Dr. Jill Brown, please introduce yourself and share your bio. <laughs> Hello. I'm thrilled to be here with this amazing team and an amazing facilitator. Um, I started my career in elementary ed, noticed that the kids were a little interested in the technology. So I went down that path. I spent a majority of my career as an educational technologist in the school and have recently joined COSIN and I'm thrilled to work with the amazing people that engage in all of COSIN's important work. Thank you, Jill. We really appreciate you being here today as well. So Dr. Hernandez, obviously Corpus Christi ISD produces some amazing graduates and you hire them as well, but tell us a little more about Corpus Christi ISD, the actual geographic location, size of the district and so forth. Yeah, so uh, Corpus Christi ISD, uh, we serve about 33,000 students. We are in the Southern part of Texas, right on the coastal bend. Uh, so right on the water, it's a beautiful city, uh, lots of new developments going on. We have about 6,700 employees, 2,200 of those which are teachers, and then the rest comprising of the auxiliary and administrators. We occupy 68 square miles, which is pretty small for the eighth largest city in the state of Texas. Uh, so we are seeing that we'll become landlocked pretty soon. Uh, but in our area, we're the largest district, like I said, at 33,000 with surrounding communities around us, with the largest one being right around 5,000 students. Wow. So uh, we're very diverse. We have probably about a 70 to 75% economically disadvantaged population, um, majority Hispanic, um, and then our white students. And then we have a small percentage of African-American American students and an increasing percentage of Asian students here, right in Corpus Christi. Thank you for that overview, Dr. Hernandez. A, a very uh, interesting district, definitely, and, and a beautiful location. I've been to Corpus Christi many times. It is lovely, so thank you. Again, so pleased to have all of you here. Jill, I'd like for you to just tell briefly a little bit about why COSIN does this award, and maybe if you've got a little bit of history and rationale for this Community Leadership Award for Digital Equity. Certainly. Uh, digital equity is a huge priority for COSIN. Um, it was part of our, initial, our strategic plan and it is part of our new strategic plan that was just released. So it continues to be a high priority um, for our organization. So the Community Leadership Award for Digital Equity was created to encourage and recognize those districts that are working to eliminate inequities and narrow the access gap. 
Thank you, Jill, for that. I appreciate that and appreciate so much Cozen's leadership on this highly critical issue. So thank you. And Jill, just briefly, if you want to just highlight what the criteria are, what does it take to, to receive this award? What areas are we looking at? Yeah, we're looking at leadership, building of community, the use of information technologies, the impact, and public and private sector partnerships. On the website, you can find the application and see more details, but those are the highlights. Thank you, Jill. So I'd like to say to our participants today, as you look at those criteria and understanding that Corpus Christi ISD met all of those categories, and that's why they were awarded the award, but I would like to ask you participants to let us know as you look at those five criteria for engaging your own community in leading digital equity, which of those uh, five criteria do you consider to be the most challenging? Is it leadership? Is it building community? Is it use of information technologies? Or is it having an impact or public or private partnerships? And so to our participants on the screen, thank you. You can uh, just click the area that you find to be the most challenging. We're going to be addressing all five of them, but it really helps us to get a sense of, of where we are with this and what areas might be. Uh, and I do think it's interesting that leadership seems to be evolving as uh, one of the challenges and then the area of building community. So I'm going to give you about half a minute more to click on the topic and then our panel will keep those in mind as we go through our discussion today. Uh, and we certainly have some outstanding leaders with us today to talk about that leadership initiative and also around building community. And we'll be, we'll be covering all five of those. And we will move on. But thank you all for participating. I appreciate that. Uh, so let us get started in that conversation. And let's start with the leadership one. And actually, I'm going to start, uh, Marilyn, with you on leadership. And then certainly, uh, Carrie and Dr. Hernandez, please jump in. But my question to you is, how have Corpus Christi ISD team members provided leadership in develop, delivering information technologies that will increase opportunities and accessibility for all students within the district? Marilyn, if you can give us a brief highlight of that, and then we will see if Carrie or Dr. Hernandez want to add something to your comments. Thank you, Marilyn. Yes, thank you. Um, Leadership begins with setting goals and communicating those goals to the teams and make sure that we're all on the same page. And a, a few of the things that we highlighted with um, addressing this is a collaborative team working with leveraging our ESSER funds to provide um, Chromebooks for all of our students, moving the district to a one-to-one -one ratio. That has helped immensely. In addition to the device distribution, we have a wonderful team who's promoting the federal affordability, affordable connectivity program, which can provide the discounted internet access to district families. This program, the team has gone out to open houses at our high school campuses and spoken to those families, been able to answer questions and help them with the application process. Um, another piece that has been really impactful for our district is um, developing a security awareness program uh -huh. and in the first four months of that we saw a decrease of 75 percent in responses to phishing attempts which has Great. been again, huge in saving um you know district data a um, couple of things i just want to highlight there real quick that the way we've done that is by in-person training and our staff has gone out to the campuses and administrative locations and shared 
the reason for having the security and what the high impact is of that and just making that connecting it to the individual versus that's just a school activity or a work activity that we need to do but saying how impactful it can be to you and your family if your data has been um, exposed so yeah. thank you thank you for that Marilyn. that's very impressive carrie anything to add and i know you work a lot in the uh teacher support area and teacher training, but anything around the leadership piece that you want yes. to add to Carolyn's comments? Yes, we also have, uh, you know, our teachers and our principals are our strong leaders on the ground. And so it's really important that we support them. So we actually host a tech to teach conference every year that's teacher led. So our teachers actually have sessions to educate and bring awareness to what is being done in the classroom to leverage that technology to differentiate uh, for our students and to also educate our parents. Uh, at our Tech to Teach conference, we have a parent pathway and we invite parents to come so they can be a part of the learning too, so they can see what their students are learning. And then we have specific relevant classes just for parents so they know how to access Canvas or access the, the resources. And then uh, we also have a principal pathway because it's really important that our principals lead the way as well on their campuses. And so we want to make sure that they feel comfortable utilizing the technology within the classroom and in their campuses. And so I think our Tech to Teach is a great example of how we build capacity of leaders in our district and we really support and network. And for the past couple of years, uh, Dr. Hernandez has been great about inviting surrounding districts to come because these are all our kiddos. Uh, yeah. And we want to make sure that they're all learning. And so we have uh, our smaller districts that don't necessarily have um, the capability to have strong professional development in these areas. Uh, so we embrace them too and have them come and they learn along with us, which I think really shows the impact of leadership. Yeah, thank you for that, Carrie. And Dr. Hernandez, as as the superintendent from this leadership perspective, any thoughts you want to add on this one? You know, it makes me think of several years ago when we were talking about all the technology that's available oh. and how we were needing to step up our game. Then we really realized when uh, we were hit by the pandemic, just where our gaps were needing to really serve all of our students. Um, but it has really been a great journey to see where we were to where we are now. And it has been a pretty all-inclusive effort of all the team members, leadership from my position to Carrie and Marilyn, uh, and just really trying to help our students and their families understand what it's about. So that whole deal of it's nice to have technology in your district. Yes, that's true. But it doesn't really do you a lot of good if they don't know what to do with that technology. And so that has really helped us. Right. Thank you for that. And yeah, it's, it's clear more than ever, leadership really matters, you know, so I, I do understand that. As we look at our next topic, which is on the idea of community, uh, and Carrie, I'm going to start with you on this one, but our questions are, you know, what techniques has the team utilized to build community with parents, with teachers, and with educational leaders in order to affect the kind of changes that you're seeking? And how does the team communicate and involve the community in achieving those changes? And do you have data that demonstrates that the changes have been made? So any one of those three, Carrie, you can start with, and then we will hear from Marilyn and Dr. Hernandez as well. Great. Yes, community is something that we are always working on, making sure that we are providing opportunities for feedback, 
Um, our deputy superintendent, Dr. James, she does an excellent job of always making sure that we ask the community what it is and get feedback and surveys. And I think that's really essential to gather that information. Um, we also do our normal social media, our newsletters, our website, but particularly on our website, we have an application called Let's Talk. And that was pushed by our, our amazing communication department that uh, wanted something that parents could immediately click and ask questions and boom, that gets spread to all the different head departments and our leaders will respond to those uh, right away. And they have people in their departments that look up answers. And really it's to give information back to our community and to our parents right you know, immediately. And then on the other part, we want to elevate and celebrate. We want our community to see all the amazing things that our students and teachers and principals are doing in our programs that we have. And so um, we have a public facing page on our website that showcases what we teach in the classroom, as well as um, what programs we have. We also have a digital magazine called the Tech to Teach uh, digital magazine that uh, really celebrates all the learning that's happening with technology in the classroom because seeing really is believing. Teachers want to see what other teachers are doing and parents want to see how are their kids learning something that 21st century skill set, which is so critical. Um, and uh, did I say the multimedia fair? No, and the multimedia fair, that's the one that is the, the, the best one. We invite the community to come mm -hmm. and actually all these amazing products after a whole year long at the end of March uh, or I'm sorry the end of April we have a fabulous showcase of student work and that's what it's really all about is student success and having those beautiful outcomes and the communities come and they're part of makerspaces and the showcase and um, it really shows that CCISD is really leveraging the technology that we have. Thank you, Carrie. And Dr. Hernandez, from the superintendent perspective on this idea of community and actually connecting with community partners, how, how does that outreach happen from your office area? Well, you know, the partnerships that we have have been pretty tremendous. Uh, and, uh, you know, I kudos to the team because they do such a great job. But we've had partnerships with our Port of Corpus Christi, the city of Corpus Christi, uh, really coming together, uh, contributing you know, laptops, computers to the school district at a time when we gave every single student going one-to-one, -one, especially during the pandemic. So the partnerships are very, very key. Uh, we're very transparent and anything that we do that's new, we try to educate our community so the parents understand what we're doing uh, and buy into it. And then also with our staff, I think they're most appreciative of the opportunities that they get for so much training and support uh, because we, I think we go above and beyond uh, from this position of doing that. And I can compare what we do here in CCISD to, to other districts that I've either served in or I'm familiar with. Uh, and, and we just continue to really move the needle on that each and every year. Thank you. And Marilyn, as heading up the IT department, how, how does your communication and outreach work in, in working with community? A lot of it has, you know, followed from Dr. Hernandez, you know, connections and stuff with our community college and our um, university here. A lot of those connections there and trying to establish some um, additional Wi-Fi access and those communications are still continuing to happen. Thank you. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. I want to give our participants a chance to see a terrific video. And this video was submitted as part of the application process for Corpus Christi ISD. Uh, 
their video about yeah. the district and it references some of the things that we've heard Carrie and Marilyn and Dr. Hernandez mention already, but uh, Corpus Christi's video on developing the hearts and minds of every student. I'm proud to work with an amazing team dedicated to developing the hearts and minds of every student. And in a district of over 33,000 students, we set our vision on equitable access to technology when establishing our technology standards. Our vision is to provide a broad approach to meet all student needs, which includes devices, curriculum integration, and processes and systems to easily access and effectively use technology. Hello, my name is Thomas Molina, and I'm the Information Security Officer for Corpus Christi Independent School District. I'm here because of the Digital Equity Award that we received. When looking at any program, we have to look at security and how it relates back to making sure the community's data is secure when they receive the technology. In addition, we also have to make sure that the data is kept private. These are the two factors we look at when we implement any solution that expands our reach into the community. We provide Wi-Fi access in every classroom as well as outside common areas for students to expand the classroom setting. As we continue the transition to one-to-one -to -one devices for students, the district has installed charging cabinets in classrooms for securing the devices and keeping them charged to be ready for use. We liken the Chromebooks to the more familiar process of bringing textbooks to school every day. So here at Corpus Christi Independent School District, we participate in the Affordable Connectivity Program. As most of you know, the Affordable Connectivity Program is a federal program put out by the FCC. Some of the engaging activities that we participate in are family nights. We go out to our local high schools during literacy nights where all our vertical campuses participate in reading events and technology sets out a table where we go and set up and put out flyers and encourage our parents to sign up for the Affordable Connectivity Program. I feel very lucky to be a part of CCISD and a part of the Instructional Technology Team. I lead a group of nine awesome individuals that really support our district in the implementation of instructional strategies um, that really promote blended learning. One of the biggest things that we really invested in and train in is our learning management system, Canvas. And it has allowed our students to have equitable access to all of our instructional resources, assignments, um, being able to collaborate with their peers and their teachers. So it's been a great journey, really moving our district forward in uh, that blended learning approach and having the ability to have something that everybody has access to. It's really important to showcase our teachers and our campuses and all the work they do when it comes to um, digital citizenship, cybersecurity, um, leading their campuses, uh, making sure that students are getting those 21st century skill sets. And so we do this by showcasing all of them in our Tech to Teach digital magazine. The digital magazine is really a labor of love. Really what it is, is outcomes. It's student outcomes, campus outcomes. It's showing what people can do when we all learn how to use technology in a way to really transform learning. 
What a powerful, powerful video. And uh, it just illustrates your story so well. And uh, to see it all in action is really, really remarkable. So with that, I'm going to move on and ask you, Dr. Hernandez, to start as we look at the use of information technologies. And we certainly saw some great examples of that in the video that we just saw. But our questions then are, how does your team use technology in innovative ways that are based on best practices? And how have these activities helped to narrow the, what we call the homework gap and provide increased digital equity for all students within your organization, for each and every student? Yes, and I think the, the key thing there is each and every student um, as a district and really focusing on equity among all of our students. So, you know, when I mentioned the diversity of this district and how big we are, you know, we have the full spectrum from the most affluent families to the most impoverished. And so uh, we have to make sure that what we're providing is is there for every single student to have the access. The school district's going to take care of all the instructional technology components to make learning fun uh, and increase the rigor and standards there. But like I said earlier, when we really move to the one-to-one one, one one ratio and kind of stumbling across that as uh, a part of a response to the, the pandemic and realizing where we were, we really, it was a reality check. And we're just like, whoa, we have a lot of ground to make up and a lot of gaps to fill. And by doing that, uh, we were able to get the students, all of them one-to-one -one on our ratio to technology. But even more importantly than that is that we were able to give them access to this technology at all times, even outside of school. And uh, with 57 campuses across the city in all areas, regardless, with no assumptions made, is we did our, we did our job to make sure that they were going to have this uh, accessible uh, and, and the access points around the neighborhoods as well to be able to do the work that was expected of them at their homes outside of school. And uh, I think that the way we've responded to that and just have just continued to make it even stronger each and every year is what's helping the students uh, experience the success at the level that they're having it. I appreciate those comments because this is the world we're living in today. So it, we have to do this for, for each of our students. Marilyn, this is clearly your area of uh, getting the information technology out there. Anything you want to add to what Dr. Hernandez has just said about how you worked on closing the homework gap, as they call it, and getting this access to each and every student in the district? Yes, uh, one of the big uh, things that we were able to do is we have a technology standards coordinator that is dedicated to make sure the devices are in the students' hands, um, looking at usage reports and making sure that those are actually happening and being utilized um, in the best way possible. Um, that's that's our big, that's my big Looking at, at that data, yeah. And Carrie, you know, another part of this is it's one thing to have the device. It's another thing to have teachers and leaders who know how to effectively use the device to provide the quality learning that you want to do. So how, how does your area fall into this and, and relate to the questions? Well, I'll tell you, before COVID, you know, we just had started getting our learning management system, which is a key component to having a blended learning environment. But man, once COVID, and, it, and I'm, gonna not, I'm not going to lie to you, it was a struggle at first. People were kind of sure. like, what is this? What, what, what do you have to do now? Like, it was yeah. kind of, you know, it was hard. But then once COVID hit and we had our kiddos were not with us, 
we were already blessed that we had something in place. So all of the students knew and, and then teachers were like, okay, I'm ready now. I'm ready. Tell me what to do because, but we had that one central location that we could all connect and all have access to the information. And so that's why uh, having, now we're on year five of Canvas and you know, it's a, it's, it's a road, it's a journey, it, it's gonna be bumpy, uh, but you gotta hold on tight because you do have people that have access uh, that need that access. And our parents can also be part of it. Our parents are considered observers to their students. So our parents can see what are going on, what's going on. And then also we have like special ed teachers that needed access to see what was going on in different classrooms with different students and they needed access to the resources. So we were all able to be a part of this digital district now in campus, which, which is really nice. And the second thing is, was we really worked hard in the last couple of years on it, those accessibility tools, really narrowing down what accessibility tools we need to make sure that everyone has access to, that they can use whether they're at school in the classroom or at home. And so we created an accessibility toolkit and have been really working on showcasing those tools to students, teachers, and parents. So that not only do you have the device, not only do you have the information that you can access through the device, but you can really use it in your language or you can make that font really big or you can have it read to you because we all learn differently. And so we really have to make sure that we're providing uh, technology in a way that everyone can use it. All means I, all. Uh, yeah, I appreciate that, Carrie, and appreciate the all means all, because as you referenced the, the COVID years and parents, what we found, right, is that parents and families all of a sudden were now co-teachers. And where was the professional learning for parents and families on, on using this? So I applaud you for recognizing that and, and providing that kind of support. And it did change the dynamic quite a bit uh, in the role of parents in this whole education process. I want to then go to one of the other criteria is impact. How do you know you're having an impact? How is that happening? And Marilyn, there are two areas that we see on the screen, the trusted learning environment and CyberStar. How has the work of this team created a major change? And again, this is some of the data that exists to validate that impact. Tell us a little bit about both of those. Thank you, Marilyn. Yes, um, we're honored to have received the National Trusted Learning Environment Award and the State Texas CyberSAR Award. Um, they've helped us as a district set reference points to show where we are, what we're doing well in, and where we need to, you know, add more focus to. It allows us to make better decisions with our financial um, purchasing and also implementing new security features. Because there's always room for uh, improvement in security, especially these days with things changing so quickly. Um, one of the other things is, oh, during the application process, there, the questions, you know, we had to produce evidence of how we were meeting each of those criteria in those, some of those long applications. And then um, we're going to use those as measuring points as we go from year to year to make sure that we're staying on track and the things that we were doing well in, that we're continuing to um, have that and also adding in the things that we need to um, improve a little in. I appreciate that, Marilyn. I love the idea of checking back with it. It's not like one and done, right? Check it off the list, we're finished. No, to continue to go back. Uh, Carrie, anything to add around these two awards and the impact criteria? No, I just wanted to, to point out too that everything that we're doing now, I think also impacts our, um, when our 
when our CCISD students go off to school or they go off to get a job uh, or military, they have this skill set already. And, and I heard it from my own son, which brings tears to my eyes because you work so hard in a district for uh, other kids, but you're wondering, yeah. is my kid benefiting? <laughs> and he said, mom, he goes, you know what? He goes, I feel so, uh, I'm just so happy that I know how to work in an LMS. I'm so happy that I know how to use Google. I'm so glad that I know how to generate a QR code. All my projects, all the things I've been asked to do, uh, I've been able to do. And I have to help all my friends. Because some of these people have no idea what what the professor's talking about. So it just made me so happy to see that these kids are realizing that these skills that they're learning now are going to help them for the future. Right. Nice to have your work validated, and especially by your own son, so you know what has been happening and there. He's not easy. He's not easy. <laughs> not an easy sell. I get that. I get that. Dr. Hernandez, anything you'd like to add on impact? And then, Jill, I am going to ask you to just talk a bit about that trusted learning environment. I saw you applauding on that, so I want you to comment. But Dr. Hernandez, anything on, on these uh, the way that you've had an impact? No, just other than, you know, I think it's um, just how important it is to us when we were talking about the the privacy that we try to create an environment of and the importance of uh, security systems and all of that. <clears throat> we go as far as even including our school board members, trustee members, and putting them through these fishing activities as well. And I'll never forget our board president at the time said, just a heads up, I failed the test, but it won't happen again. Yeah, so I think that says a lot right there, that they, that helps them understand how important it is to us. That That's a brilliant idea. And, and the fact that he would come forward or she and say, you know, just to let you know, I failed. Yeah. And we often talk about, you know, that F-A-I-L, fail, is a first attempt in learning, right? So great that they took that approach and thought, okay, I failed last time, but I won't again. Jill, (laughs) briefly tell us a little bit about this COSIN Trusted Learning Environment seal, if you would, please. Yeah, the Trusted Learning Environment is an amazing um, breadth of resources to help you have conversations at your district about data safety about cybersecurity, about keeping your school safe. As we all know, it's not the IT's job, it's not the ed tech's job, and it's not the superintendent's job by themselves. It takes the entire district speaking the same language and learning from each other and creating processes that protect our children and our data. So take a look at the resources. It's it's an incredible program. Thank you, Jill. Congratulations to Corpus Christi. Yeah. Yeah. Not only on the award, but boy, that trusted learning environment seal does take a a process and it does take the whole team pulling together. So we we definitely applaud you on that. And the other criteria that we wanted to look at very carefully is public and private sector partnerships. And what we're looking at here are what partnerships and policies have been developed by your leadership team to provide the connectivity for students? And how have these partnerships and policies helped increase equity among each learner in your district? And Carrie, I'll start with you. And I know we've highlighted some of these early in earlier parts of the conversation, but let's, let's delve into this so others who may want to replicate your success would know how to do that. 
Well, I think the, the biggest one that was super significant was our city of Corpus Christi did help us purchase Chromebooks using the coronavirus relief funds. And that was huge. That was a big uh, partnership between the city and CCISD to make that happen so that all of our students had access to devices. And then the other big one is TAMUCC. Um, uh, we work directly with them to make sure that we're in communication of what kinds of um, technology we use here in CCISD. I actually get to teach a class uh, where I show them everything that we use in CCISD. So that way, when these individuals come and, and really we're trying to get them to come to CCISD. And so once they come here, they already know uh, how to use an LMS. They know what kind of delivery tools, what kind of assessment tools. And I think that is critical that we make sure that we partner with the universities to make sure that what's coming out of there is what we need in our classrooms. Um, and then we've even go as far as Dr. Elwood at the university has her master's program uh, do projects where they actually come and work alongside us and are either help us with tech to teach or help us with multimedia fair. Uh, that's part of their um, work that they do. Because again, it's part of our community. TAMUCC is very much a part of our community and we want people to stay here in Corpus Christi. And so we need to make sure we're in that constant communication. And so I think those two partnerships have been really, really big. Thank you, Carrie, for that. Dr. Hernandez, as superintendent, I imagine you are invited to speak at other associations and with other groups about the district. How do you leverage that to then make those partnerships between public and private entities? Well, you know, so it, it does take uh, work. But uh, we try to make it a, an approach that we all want the same outcome, student outcomes, and we're here to support them just as um, they're there to support us. Uh, as far as the different associations, our associations are always very supportive. Um, we have some really strong leaders across our state in many, many ways, superintendents especially. Uh, and as a superintendent, we're supported by our Texas Association of School Administrators and organizations such as Texas School Alliance and Urban Council. These are superintendents who are all looking for ways to replicate what's happening, best practices. Um, how do we get better as a whole in serving our students? Uh, we all face the same challenges a lot of times, but when you have someone that's maybe figured out some good solutions, you certainly want to take them up on that offer and uh, just try to make even better something that they've put into place. So uh, I'm very proud of our team and our partnerships that we've established. And still today, we have many that will reach out to us and say, what can we do to better support CCISD in y'all's mission? That's, that's awesome. That's just terrific. Marilyn, anything from an IT perspective? And you've given some great resources, and thank you for putting it in the chat as well for people to know how to connect uh, to get some of those new funding sources. Anything else you wanna add here? Um, I'm not sure, I, I have a note down here, but I'm not sure it's relevant, but I must say it anyway. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> you know, with the, the improvements in our um, communication pieces uh, with our distribution of one-to-one, -one, you know, like Carrie mentioned, we had bumps in the road, but, and some of the things that we've learned is just making those stronger connections with and communication pieces to the community um, within our district itself with our school leadership and, um, you know, just getting some things um, in collaboration meetings, having those design meetings, if you, if you will, 
to say how is it gonna how can we help you uh, design the process of distributing the devices you know to, you know from the different from instructional technology from technology support services you know just from the different points of view to say these are things we've seen that that could help so I appreciate that, Marilyn. Yeah, no, that's great. And I think a, a takeaway on working with public and private partnerships is that you do get a different perspective sometimes, something that you might not have thought of on your own, but by bringing in someone else who says, well, have you looked at it this way? Have you thought this way? And that can be very productive and very helpful to kind of think that through. So I appreciate you all sharing the strategies that you have used uh, that resulted in you getting this award. So thank you so much for that. Jill, I'm going to turn to you now. You mentioned early on, you know, Cozen's commitment to digital equity. And I'd like to just highlight as we begin to wrap up uh, some of the free resources that Cozen provides around digital equity. Yes, we have a lot of resources for K-12 schools um, and organizations on our website. Uh, digital equity, we have an advisory committee. In fact, I encourage you to engage in our volunteer committees. That's where we figure out what are the needs of our districts and what can we do to support them. So you can find a lot of things on our digital equity website area. And Jill, we recently published a report. You wanna tell us a little bit about this student home internet connectivity study? Yeah, this is ongoing work for COSIN. Um, we're gathering data, we're looking at what's going on, we're responding to what we can do to help schools in this area. So there's an, a lot of work going on right now and some exciting stuff that's going to be coming out. So so pay attention to, to what we're doing here. Um, again, a high priority for COSIN and um, doing some amazing things to help schools. Yeah, no, thank you. It's a, it's a great report. It was produced in partnership with the Zuckerberg Initiative, and we really appreciate their support on that as well. And um, the home internet connectivity issue did not go away when COVID ended. It is still a critical, critical issue. I, I think the COVID yes. years illustrated that for us, but then uh, it is just at, on so many levels for families, just so important. So we encourage you to take a look at that. And what about the Digital Equity Action Toolkit, Jill? What does that provide yeah. for folks? We have a toolkit to help you in your work um, with, with trying to increase, get rid of that uh, the equity gap with your students. Um, it's currently being updated, so there's some great nuggets in there. And then there's going to be even more updated examples of success stories, what works, kind of like what we're hearing here today. <laughs> terrific, terrific. And the last item, Jill, that I would like you to address is this uh, one pager. And we talk a lot about why is a one page guide, whatever the topic, why is that important, Jill? And then we'll talk about this. But what, what about a one page guide? Well, for superintendents, it's critical. I mean, they, they are dealing with a lot of topics um, on an ongoing basis. And this is a way to support um, these busy individuals with talking points, with language to discuss topic areas that, that are going to hit them. Um, you know, and one of them is digital equity. How do you talk to your board? How do you talk to your parents? How do you talk to your families and your teachers um, about it? And so these, these guides can kind of help frame it from a leadership perspective um, as you're working with your teams and your community. Thank you for that. Uh, and I'll, I'll throw out to the group and ask any one of you, because Jill highlighted the issue of communication. 
how, why is communication so critical to getting this done? Dr. Hernandez, I'm going to start with you. And I know this was a, a new area, but just to think about why and how communication with your community is so critical. Well, I appreciate the question because that is a topic that we discuss at least uh, once or twice a week. Um, there's, there's always something happening and it's always expect the unexpected. And so with that comes, be prepared on how you're going to communicate good, bad, or ugly, uh, and informing your parents. Um, so I do believe that we can never communicate enough. Um, even when you think that you have, you'll find out that there's still a lot of what you hoped would get out, did not get out. And then in some cases, it's not what you had hoped would get out. Uh, so we have an amazing communications department. They do an excellent job. Uh, I think we work very closely with one another as far as different departments to make sure we're on the same page on anything that gets communicated out from CCISD. Thank you and then that, because Dr. we have so many different outlets and platforms uh, through social media, our, our district Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Let's Talk, which is where parents can just send in any questions they have, as Carrie mentioned earlier. And our job is to be very responsive, get them the most accurate information. And also, we try to, to let our employees know that if you don't know, it's okay to say you don't know, but you're going to get the, the right information as quickly as possible instead of just trying to get them off your back. And then you gave out maybe some information you shouldn't have. Oh, I appreciate those comments so much. And that's why Cozen provides these resources around the IT side. You know, how do you communicate, as I said earlier, with non-IT professionals? And you're doing that uh, with so many different groups that you're talking to. So thank you for that. I appreciate that. Uh, we actually, I think, have covered any of the questions that were there. I would just say to our participants, our, our panelists have graciously offered to have you reach out to them if you have more questions, if there's something else you want to ask specifics on. Uh, they've all provided their email addresses, so they are happy to receive emails from you if you've got a question on how they approach this digital equity issue or some of the other things that you heard them talk about, the successes in Corpus Christi ISD and the work with uh, the community colleges and other organizations in the community. So please do feel free to reach out to any of them or to my colleague, Jill Brown, who is head of professional learning for COSIN. She's happy to address any questions you might have as well. And I hope that other districts will join in and, and uh, participate in this award process next year and, and follow the model that has come from Corpus Christi ISD. Uh, I want to very quickly ask you, Dr. Hernandez, uh, this is an interesting time, and this goes back to your topic of what you just covered on communication, mm -hmm. but leadership in K-12 school systems right now is different than it ever has been. So my question to you, Dr. Hernandez, is this. If you were teaching a course in Superintendency 101, what is the best advice you would give to either a current new superintendent or people who may be aspiring to be superintendents or maybe serve in another district leadership position? 30 words of wisdom, what would you say to them? I would just first say that the most important thing is to be as transparent as you can and to be genuine. Um, 
you know, people have to really feel that when you're speaking to them in any kind of situation, hopefully good, but sometimes not so good, is that you care, uh, you're being uh, honest, and you're wanting what's best for your school district, and in a lot of cases, whatever their issue is really about. Um, come in with the mindset that you're not going to know everything, and that's okay. Uh, it's good to ask questions, find some good mentors, because there are some outstanding ones across the state and nation. And then just be totally committed to what you're doing and your purpose. Oh, I, I appreciate that. I think the transparency point is very well taken and mentorship is important. You know, we, we need to have people that we can can learn from and follow through. So thank you for that. I want to just say to our participants, if you are not a member of COSIN, we would love to have you join us. So if you go to COSIN.org slash membership, you can learn more about joining COSIN and the resources and the support that you will find there in leading technology innovations. I also want to remind everyone about the Empowered Superintendents Initiative and again, the webpage COSIN.org slash superintendents with resources for superintendents and other district leaders on technology innovation through the lens of superintendent and other district leadership positions. I can't thank our guest panelists enough. You all have been amazing today. Thank you for what you shared with the group. Lot, so much great learning there. And thank you for your willingness to share your email so that if people want to get in contact with you, they can do that. And now I am very happy to introduce you to my colleague, Jerry Kimball from ClassLink. And without ClassLink, we would not have been doing these series all this year. So Jerry, I appreciate you coming on. Jerry is the National Academic Advisor for ClassLink. And Jerry, I'm going to turn it over to you at this point. Tell us about ClassLink, please. All right. Thank you, Anne. For those of you who are not familiar with ClassLink, we provide cloud-based education products that connect our educators and students with their classrooms and their learning tools. Our mission is to reduce the barriers to access, which we've heard about today. So if you look at this slide, you can see a computer right in the middle. And what you see on the screen of that computer are the tools that students and educators use. This screen is personalized to the person. Each person, whether a teacher, a student, or an administrator sees only the tools that they need on their screen and they can connect to them with ease using single sign-on. Single sign-on helps reduce that cognitive load of remembering passwords, and it automatically and securely, and we've heard about security today, connects students and educators to the resources they need for learning. Now, on the bottom left, you'll also see analytics. Our administrators appreciate ClassLink because it helps to accurately see who is showing up in digital spaces, what tools they're using, and how long they're using the tools. Dr. Hernandez talked about the need for access, not only to the devices, but to the resources that the students need. ClassLink provides the data to our administrators so that they are ensured that the students are reaching the tools that they need. And in the upper right hand, you will see that ClassLink not only supports educators and students, but the IT department too, ensuring that there's a smooth integration with your school district and curriculum providers. Our tech departments and educators are all concerned about cybersecurity. And 
ClassLink provides secure single sign-ons and two-factor authentication. But what I'm really excited to tell you about today is that, you know, in this webinar, you heard from Marilyn how they're working on cybersecurity. And from her uh, comments, we know it's a challenge. And that's why ClassLink and a team of concerned education organizations formed what's called the Cybersecurity Coalition for Education. And they developed a cybersecurity rubric. And there are rubrics out there that are available, but none of them really directly affected education and our particular needs. So this one is designed just for school district. And what's more, it's free. It's a self-assessment tool that school leaders can use to assess their cybersecurity practices and make significant improvements. Now, not only that, but districts can use this free rubric and also have their staff trained to become cybersecurity rubric evaluators. As you can see on the screen, many educators are already taking advantage of this. We have 277 in progress and 71 have already completed this. So we are really excited about this and we're excited that we can offer it to our school districts free of charge. So a special thank you from my colleagues to our school district today and sharing all of your great ideas. And to those of you listening that are already customers of ClassLink, we want to say thank you and assure you that we will continue to serve you. And if you're not yet a customer, we would certainly like to go on this journey with you to help keep your data safe and have e easy access for all of the people in your district. So thank you, Anne, and thank you to our school district today. It was a great conversation. Jerry, I couldn't agree more. Thank you and thanks to ClassLink again for their tremendous support. So my friends, this is a wrap for season five. We are concluding uh, the fifth year again, thanks to ClassLink, but also to edweb.net and uh, AASA and COSIN for putting this series on for the Empowered Superintendent Ed Leader Panel Series. And I would say to our participants, if there are any of the previous broadcasts that you would like to view, you can see them at home.edweb.net slash supers, where we have the recorded videos. There are also in podcast versions, and there are a number of articles there as well to read on the various topics over these past years. So I encourage you to take a look at that. So with that, thank you all for attending today. I wish you the very best as you begin to wrap up yet another school year and all the best for the summer. And we encourage you to let us know how this uh, series is working for you. There is a link on the bottom of the slide there at the tiny URL, the EdWeb. Uh, evaluation area there. So please take a look on that survey and let us know how things are going for you. And with that, we will close it off. Thank you all so much. Appreciate you joining us today. We hope you enjoyed this EdWeb podcast. If you'd like to receive a CE certificate, you must watch the video recording. Recordings and quizzes can be found in the EdWebinar archives. Please visit home.edweb.net slash podcasts for more information.